You're listening to Wikisleep Podcast, a podcast designed to help you relax and unwind through calm, quiet storytelling. I'm your host, Adrian Sala. As we begin today, I recommend settling in by taking a few slow, deep breaths. In this podcast, this practice takes about a minute and a half, so if you'd prefer to skip it, you can jump ahead about 90 seconds. For deep breathing, simply breathe out all the way, emptying your lungs and abdomen completely. Then, at your own pace, Breathe in slowly and fully, filling all the way back up again. At the top of your breath, pause for a moment before breathing out and emptying again. Pause briefly at the bottom of your breath, then repeat the process as many times as you like. Deep breathing is an amazing way to find focus, help you get settled, or bring calmness to your mind. It's an easy practice that delivers huge benefits for something so simple, and can be used in multiple points throughout your day. Today's story the Gentleman Hijacker. The Gentleman Hijacker is the true story of one of the most daring heists in aviation history. On the day before Thanksgiving, 1971, a man carrying a black attache case approached the flight counter of Northwest Orient Airlines at Portland International Airport. He identified himself as Dan Cooper and used cash to purchase a one-way ticket on Flight 305, a 30-minute trip north to Seattle. Cooper boarded the aircraft a Boeing 727, and took his seat in the rear of the passenger cabin. He was quiet, and appeared to be in his mid-forties, wearing a business suit with a black tie and a white shirt. He ordered a drink, bourbon and soda, while the flight was waiting to take off. What happened next has baffled the FBI ever since and created one conspiracy theory after another as to who this man was and where he wound up. Shortly after takeoff, Cooper handed a note to Florence Schaffner, 
the flight attendant situated nearest to him in a jump seat attached to the aft stair door. Schaffner, assuming the note contained a lonely businessman's phone number, dropped it unopened into her purse. Seeing this, Cooper leaned toward her and whispered, Miss, you better look at that note. I have a bomb. The note was printed in neat, all capital letters with a felt-tip pen. Its exact wording is unknown, because Cooper later reclaimed it, but Schaffner confirmed that the note said he had a bomb in his briefcase. After Schaffner read the note, Cooper told her to sit beside him. She did as requested and then quietly asked to see the bomb. Cooper opened his briefcase long enough for her to glimpse eight red cylinders attached to wires coated with red insulation and a large cylindrical battery. After closing the briefcase, he stated his demands. $200,000 in negotiable American currency, the equivalent of $1.2 million today. Four parachutes and a fuel truck standing by in Seattle to refuel the aircraft upon arrival. Schaffner conveyed Cooper's instructions to the pilots in the cockpit. When she returned, Cooper was wearing dark sunglasses. The pilot, William A. Scott, who had served in the United States Army Air Forces during World War II, contacted Seattle-Tacoma Airport Air Traffic Control who then informed local and federal authorities. The 35 other passengers were given false information that their arrival in Seattle would be delayed because of a minor mechanical difficulty. Northwest's president, Donald Nyrop, authorized payment of the ransom and ordered all employees to cooperate fully with the hijackers' demands. The aircraft circled Puget Sound for about two hours to allow Seattle police and the FBI sufficient time to assemble Cooper's parachutes and ransom money and to mobilize emergency personnel. Another flight attendant Tina Mucklow recalled that Cooper appeared familiar with the local terrain. At one point, he remarked, looks like Tacoma down there as the aircraft.